Comedy LOL Podcast Network. And I am going to start like I do every week with a quote. And this quote is from the Bible. The Bible, book of Matthew in the New Testament. Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. Matthew 10.34 What I love about this quote is I think that it relates so well to the entire suit of swords. Because for me, there's literally nothing peaceful about any of these cards that we've seen so far. Even the ones that are relatively more positive than others, there's still for me this feeling of discomfort and like almost a little bit of anxiety because of like the sharpness of a sword and the dangerous nature of swords. And so I think that um, I love how it relates. I think it also really relates back really well to the idea of, you know, when people talk about Jesus, they think about him coming to bring peace. And in the Old Testament, the God was like a God of wrath, right? And I think that there's a nice balance there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, and I like what you said about peace, because the only peace you see in the cards is like a peace after maybe like in the Six of Swords where they're in that boat. It's like a peace, but after a really bad time. So, I mean, it's a good time, but it's not like it's a happy peace. It's more of just like a relief. <clears throat> but even with that card, like thinking back to the Six of Swords, the swords were standing up into the boat so it could be that the boat was about to sink or they were escaping from something and again there's that anxiety of like need to get away from this feeling or this situation and hopefully get to something better right um you know the suit of swords is not necessarily my favorite in terms of the way that it makes you feel so that's what I love about the quote. Let's jump into what we're doing today. Today, we're talking about the Eight of Swords, and then we're kind of going full circle and going back to the Fool card, which is the start of the Major Arcana. So we'll go back and look at that and see how kind of it completes the journey we've been on so far. So let's start off looking at the Eight of Swords. I'll give a brief description of the card, and then we'll get into like our initial thoughts. All right, so if I'm looking at the Eight of Swords, I have kind of like a grayish background. There is a figure standing almost in the center wearing a red tunic. And this figure is bound by these white bandages around their arms and in their hips. And then there's also a bandage around their eyes and their head is kind of tilted down. They're standing in between these vertical swords on our left-hand side. There's three swords sticking into the ground. On our right-hand side, there's five swords sticking into the ground. The ground that they're standing on, it looks like a combination of brown earth, but it also looks like there's some water there. And in the background, you see like a mountain and on the top of the mountain, it looks like a castle or a town of some sort. If you want to see what the card really looks like, you can always go to our Instagram at terrible two T A R O T B U L L and the number two. So you can see the actual picture of the card. Uh, it's the Rider weight eight of swords. Okay. Initial thoughts. What did you think? initially this looks like like a warning or like an omen or something bad's gonna happen that's what it reminds me of if i was gonna say like my initial thoughts it's like don't move don't do anything yeah freeze (laughs) 
I mean, yeah, literally, I mean, the whole car race, like, it looks like a frozen moment in time. Um, so let's look at the different parts here of this card. Uh, obviously, I want to start off, I think, with the figure because I'm so drawn to it. What were your thoughts looking at this figure standing here? Well, the first thing that I noticed is that this figure is blindfolded and tied. Mm-hmm. So it, to me, right away, it looks like somebody that's in a lot of trouble and um, that, you know, doesn't know where they are. They lo- they're lost for sure. And they have they don't have a lot of help. But there is a little bit of like a silver lining or brightness to this figure, because if you see her right foot is going forward. So it looks like she's slowly moving forward if you if you really zoom in and look at it. So it's not as terrible as it looks. <laughs> so if I'm looking at this, the way I interpreted the the image of the figure is the Binding around the eyes was like more of like a mental state, perhaps maybe more of like an emotional state. And then about the binding around the arms was the physical kind of logical being able to feel tangible things. And because they're bound in both places, this person has like zero guidance. They're not being guided by their feelings or their intuition or their gut. And they're not being guided by their logical kind of tangible, logical things. Um, and, and it's like, then there's a total sense of confusion, a state of confusion and almost like anarchy inside of you where it's like, I don't know what to do because I don't have an answer from either of these two places, left or right brain. Yeah, I love that because we're always talking about how you have to align your left and your right brain. And it's funny that you mentioned that because, you know, she's bounded, her, her eyes are covered in her arms, but her legs, like again, like I say, are free so she could still move. She could still choose to move, but she has to move very slowly in the right direction. And sometimes that ability to move, though, isn't necessarily a good thing because you're moving around in this state of confusion. And it's almost like you could be walking in circles or you could be walking, you know, 100 miles in the wrong direction because you're just so lost. Um, And so I think it's one of those. Is there is there kind of a a positive idea in moving forward or moving at all, just kind of to get that movement going. Or sometimes you need to just stand still and just say like, all right, let me take a beat and figure out what's going on here. Yeah. Before you move, maybe get your thoughts and emotions in line and then you can move. Exactly. You know, and I think sometimes you need to have guidance by at least one of those things. Yeah. Some people always think with their heart. Some people always think with their head. Yeah, for sure. I think if you could, it, I mean, you can't do it all the time, but if you can remember <laughs> and you could try to start to use this in your life where you filter your decisions and your actions through both to kind of try to stay in the middle in this way, you know, this way, if you're in the middle, you can't really go wrong in the middle path. You know, it's like, you're not going to, because if you get stuck, like you said, in one, if you get stuck in the left or the right brain, you could start to look at the whole world in one singular view. And then you could find that there's a bunch of other people that look at it that way. And then you're like, oh, we have all this in common. And then you're like, no, but you guys are all missing the other side of this. Republicans or Democrats, I'm talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, I don't want to jump ahead to what we're talking about in the major arcana, but I think that there's such a nice connection between this card and potentially the fool because the fool is like the completion of the full journey and then like the start of something new where it's like even though you think you might know you really don't yeah you never you don't really know until you realize that you don't know 
that's when you really exactly. know. Exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, let's look at the swords. So we have five swords on our right-hand side, three swords on our left-hand side, um, standing up vertically into the ground. What were your thoughts? Well, I would like to say first that uh, the way that they're only in the ground and none of the swords are in the water, I really love how they did that. So there is a separation there. It's a fine line. So if this figure does want to get out of the situation she's in, she could move very slowly and just follow the water, follow her emotions or her feelings. Um, So that would be the first thing I noticed. What about you? I didn't even notice that, but I love it. For me, looking at it, I looked at where they're entering into the ground, and it almost looks like a mound going up. It made me think of, like, you know when you go to the beach and you have to put an umbrella in the sand, and then you push the sand around the umbrella, like, pole? Mm -hmm. It doesn't look like it was just stuck in there. It almost looks like they were, like, trying to keep these swords standing up purposefully. Yeah, I see what you're saying. It looks like, or it could be even, like, mountains. Just Yes, exactly. Miniature mountains. And so for me, looking at that, it was one of those, there was a purpose behind putting the swords here. Like they wanted them to be in these locations as opposed to just kind of somebody just walking around and just sticking it in kind of, you know, without thinking. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. And then if you look at the way they're split, um, you have five on one side and three on the other. And if we think of the major arcana, the five is the hierophant. And I always talk about how that, really symbolizes getting your internal self together. Like you were saying earlier, if you're all confused on the inside and you have internal chaos or anarchy, you're not going to, you're not going to be able to make correct decisions. You're just going to be running around. You need internal monarchy, which is a good thing. You need to have yourself under control, not like a tyrant though. And then if you think of the three on the other side, that's the Empress, which she represents the bounty of the feminine, when you're using it correctly, that feminine energy. So maybe that's what this could also represent to get yourself in alignment. You need to awaken that feminine, feminine energy, but in the positive way, not in the bitchy PMS way. Just kidding guys. You know, when you talk about energies, it's inside all of us. (laughs) Trigger alert. And what I love is that they're not like level. It's not like a straight line of swords They're kind of staggered. Which mm-hmm. means that there could, for me, there could be these obstacles anywhere, right? It's like there is no right direction to move, except if you look at it backwards. And why would you not want to move backwards? Well, you don't want to go, you know, and go backwards and kind of relive the same issues and problems you've had before. Yeah. Yeah. It's always good to draw upon the past for guidance, you know, especially when you make mistakes. But I think mm-hmm. that, um, you know, living in the past or trying to get back there is it's not really the right thing to do. I mean, you know, um, I, I, I think it's all about the present moment. And you can really see it in that car, too, because presently the swords are it looks like she's flanked on both sides, you know, like on her left and right and kind of in front of her. Mm-hmm. So if she was more focused on the past, she's going to walk right into those swords. So, you know, you got to stay in that present moment. So now let's turn our attention to the ground that she's walking on. You kind of already talked a little bit about it, but it's a combination of like earth or like earthiness, ground, um, soil and and water. What were your thoughts on that? It reminds me of a bog and I like how they have the green on there, too, because green represents life, new growth, 
think of the G, the generative, I can't even talk today, the generative principle where you're creating and everybody is creating, whether they're aware of it or not, everybody that wakes up all day, you're creating. And what are you creating? You're creating your life. You're creating the society that we all live in. So it goes back to just being conscious of what you're doing and staying in the present moment. And it goes like it goes back to what I was just saying. Actually, she has to stay in the present moment to navigate through those waters and use the emotions. But also, she has to use the earth as the guide to where the water ends. So it, you also have to be very present of the earthly things in your life. Um, you know, we talk about what those represent. It could be like your, it could be the way you make money, the way you make a living, um, your house, stuff like that. And what I love that you brought up before is that she's actually standing in the water. Um, and so for me, there's a little bit of a connection then to the more emotional aspect or side of this. Um, I think sometimes when you lack direction and you're confused about where you should be going and you don't know what to do, there is a sense of despair. And that's obviously a feeling. And so I love that she's standing in the water, but she does have one foot that's like half in the water, half on the land. So it's like she's trying to use that maybe to get out of that situation. Yeah. And the land like that can also represent the physical realm. So she is in the spiritual realm, the water realm. So she is in touch with her emotions and her feelings, and she's in touch with the potentiality of her actions. It's kind of like um, I just did a little video about karma, and that's where I was talking about how karma is any kind of action that you take on in the world really gets a life of its own and it lasts really forever, no matter what you do. So if you're conscious of your actions, like it looks like she is and coming out of that and then she's touching the physical world next. So she realizes that it comes from spirit into the physical and she's manifesting it. Um, and if she does it in the right way, she's going to steer clear of those swords. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's look at the city or the castle in the background. What were your thoughts there? Well, we always talk about how the castles and the cities, walled cities in the background represent a safety or maybe where you came from in that if you're outside of that safety, you're really on your own and you have to depend on yourself and you're more in a dangerous situation. But I love how they put this into the side of a mountain or a, a hard rock surface because we talk about mountains too and how they're obstacles that you have to overcome so the way that there's like a rock face mountain face on the bottom and then it turns into the castle it looks like wherever this figure was she had to or she he or she because the androgyny we'll talk about that later because i came across remind me to remind me about that later but it looks like they had to go on a, a journey that wasn't easy it wasn't like they just walked through the gate to leave the city Brandon, I feel like now I'm going to be the negative one here. Um, <laughs> it's all right. We need both. We need the positive and the negative. Don't shit on the negative. Wasn't there a full moon last night? Right? Oh, we're recording on Monday, everybody. Sorry. Was that last night or no? I thought it was a new moon. Oh. Some some tarot guy I am. Anyway, go ahead. Go be negative. So I'm looking at this and because the city is in the background and again on like this mountain, I feel like this figure almost feels ostracized from society and lacks support from other people because if she or, or he had the support of others or the aid of another person, they could easily guide them through 
these obstacles, but because it's in the background so far away and it's on this mountain, I feel like it's like there's, they feel so totally alone in being able to kind of make these decisions about where to move and what to do. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. That that's, I think the whole embodiment of this card, which I love because you really have to depend on yourself. And I think that's the overarching message that we talk about and probably beat to death on this podcast, but that's what you really have to do because then you could be such more of a valuable asset to the ones around you. And then you could start to be, um, a guide. I just read this and I posted the article. And I think we talked about it last week or it was like the great man, um, is like becomes a beacon for everyone else or something like that. It was from the Bhagavad Gita, great man or a woman. Mm-hmm. So I really, and that's something that's, I've been noticing a lot more lately in my life and I've tried, I've been trying to pick it out, but I noticed where there's people that are doing that, where they're standing up and doing what's right or what they have to do. Other people are looking at their example and it's very inspiring. And it reminds me, I know you haven't seen it yet, but Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I don't Have I talked about this movie? I don't know. There's a movie, Lord of the Rings, <laughs> where Frodo, when they're all art in the beginning in the Fellowship of the Ring, all the main characters are, are uh, it's like middle of the movie. They're all sitting around and looking at the ring like, what are we going to do with it? And then they start to argue. Right. And then this little wimpy hobbit grabs it and is like, I'll take it to be destroyed. He's like the littlest, weakest one there. He's like, I'll do it. And they all just stop and look at him. They're all these warriors and tough guys, you know, and elves and stuff. And they're like, whoa, if this little little weakling is going to do it, like, oh, my God, like what? what kind of a piece of shit am I that I'm over here, you know? Oh, of course I'll help him. So yeah, it's, it was really inspiring. I love that part. And I plan to talk about uh, Lord of the Rings. So if you're a fan, stay tuned more. I'll let you know how you can uh, hear about that. It's because I'm going to be doing it on my other show. Back to you, <laughs> okay. Ashley. All right. All right. So um, I feel like that's all I wanted to talk about in terms of the different parts of the card. But yeah. um, did you have anything else you want to talk about before we go into meanings in a reading? No, I think that's about good for now. Perfect. All right, let's go into if this came up in a general reading, what would you say? If this came up in a general reading, I was actually thinking about this earlier before we recorded. I was looking at this and it really looks like some kind of warning um, or like you said before, stop freeze. So this is if you get it, it's something where you have to kind of stop and assess the situation you're in and you know, figure out if there's a conflict going on internally within what's up, you know, you got to, like we said, you got to get your emotions in line. So it's, if you feel like this is, and when we talk about all this stuff, like aligning, we could say these words, like aligning your emotions and your thoughts and you got it. And everyone's like, what is it exactly? Does that mean? Well, quickly, very quickly, briefly to break it down. Think, think of if you have an addiction, right? So say you like to bite your nails, but you want to stop biting your nails. But you constantly bite your nails. And when you do it, you're like, oh, man, I'm biting my nails. And you feel bad about it. And, uh, you know, your nails look terrible. And so every time you look at your nails, you feel bad about yourself. This is what we're talking about. So your thoughts are, um, I'm going to bite my nails. And I do it. But your emotions are, I don't want to bite my nails. So they're in conflict. So if you could figure out a way, <laughs> I know this is a very small example, but it, it translates up to anything in your life, really. If you could find a way to to get your thoughts in alignment with your emotions about this, then you'll feel so much better and you won't have to beat yourself up over it. 
Um, I feel partially attacked because I do bite my nails. I bite my nails too. That's why I used it. (laughs) (laughs) And, but I think another thing to bring up, if we're going to go with this biting of the nails, right. Um, is sometimes it's, it's subconscious. I don't even realize I'm doing it. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what I'm talking about because that's your, your thought process. Like you're just doing it automatically and then your emotions are, oh man, like I don't want to do it. You know, it's, um, that's, I think it's kind of just, like I said, a small scale, but it's, it, it translates up to so many other things in your life. But what you have to do is, um, be more present. And that's what it is because when you're, yes. when you get lost out of the present moment, you just like, oh, you just do these re- reflexive things. And that comes yes, in, you know, yes. when I talk about my other show, I talk about mind control, but I know people are like, oh, you're crazy. But, um, people are, are much more easily controlled when they're not in the present moment. So that would be very wise for you. Think about even if you're just going to buy a car, you know, like if you're not in the present moment and you're getting swept up in that new car smell and you're like, you're imagining yourself driving down the road, picking up chicks or whatever it is, you know, with your dog and going on adventures, that's what they want you to do. You know, no, you got to sit in the present moment and drive and, and hit a bump and say, Oh wait, did I hear a noise? How does this radio sound? You know, like don't talk. And that's another thing, man. It's a tip for anyone listening to this. I love all our listeners. Here's a tip for you. If you ever take a car on a test drive, go by yourself. You can do that because salesmen, it's a good tactic when they're driving with you. Not like it's that evil, but to talk to you because it's hard for people to kind of like lie while they're driving and they're a little more honest. So they'll like ask you questions to get stuff out of you. So, yeah. Anyway, that's your advice for today, everybody. But, yeah, stay in the present (laughs) moment. So me looking at the card for a general reading, I would say like kind of take a beat before making any major life decisions. Um, Sometimes I think a lot of times when people are looking to get a reading, it's because there's a question, right? Should I do this? Should I do that? When is this going to happen? When is that going to happen? And I think that they're looking for a specific answer. And sometimes the hardest answer to kind of listen to is like, you just need to be patient and wait. And that's kind of, if I got this card that came up in a general reading spread, that's what I would say. Like, just be patient. Don't make any rash decisions decisions right now because you don't have the answer. And any decision you're going to make is going to be made without having the right kind of background or the right kind of logic to make said decision. Yeah, that's great advice. What about radish decisions? <laughs> I just thought about it. I know. It's- It's like terrible, but radish decisions. I think that's something you can say over and over again to train your, not you, but I'm saying people anyway. Yeah, no, that's, that's great. Great advice. Okay. So what if this came up in a love reading? If this came up in a love reading, I I would have to go back to what I was saying about how you kind of have to like stop like what we were both saying. It looks like there's something going on that you're blind to. Maybe you're in a relationship where, like we said before, you don't want to be there. You're emotionally don't want to be there, but your your thoughts are, well, I, I don't want to be alone. So that's a state you might find yourself in. And or, you know, your, your emotions are or your thoughts might not be, oh, I don't want to hurt this person or that could be something like that. So if you learn to to walk that middle path, maybe there's another answer there. You know, maybe you can have a three way. No, um, but <laughs> I, know, I, love, I love to throw humor in, yes. but being serious now, all you <laughs> debauched people out there, you're terrible, terrible. 
yeah, so I think that that could that could uh, show this. But if you're single, I would say that. Um, you know, you got to be careful. <laughs> you got to be careful who you take home. It's 2019. You know, you got to um, don't just rush into things. If you want something serious, you got to talk to people, get to know them. There's some signs, man. Listen, there's some red flags that people overlook every day. And you got to think about what these behaviors that people display might mean. You know, if somebody is displaying behavior and they are wanting a lot of attention, you got to figure out what that's about and why that is. And, you know, there's just little things. So, and then you find them out ahead of time. And I'm not saying that you should be so negative about it, but then at least it'll tell you things if that's not the kind of person you want to be with, you know, you shouldn't overlook things right in the beginning. I feel mildly attacked. Um, cause I can no, be very needy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, this is just me attacking you all day. So it's yeah. <laughs> um, I said that if this came up in a love reading, I'm going to start off if you're single. I totally agree with what you say. Like, be careful before you jump into anything. Um, and just kind of really, uh, you know, look at this person or this potential relationship. And there's nothing wrong with taking your time. Because if this person is worthwhile and they they would want to be with you, they're going to be okay with kind of really deciding, is this the best situation for me? Um, but I think it's also like, you know, you're not being ruled by one either, you know, logic or emotion, right? You're kind of looking at the whole picture here. Um, and I said that if you're in a relationship, this could be wanting to take the relationship to the next level, but not knowing how to do that. You don't know how to do that either, like in a physical sense, like let's move in together or like an emotional sense of like, I don't know, like, you know, let's, you know, I don't know be be monogamous let's go steady yeah well i was gonna say that but then i was like god how old am i (laughs) (laughs) um not as old as me (laughs) (laughs) okay so if this came up in a career reading what would you say why don't you go first on this one Okay, so I went back to what I said basically for the general reading of like, don't make any rash decisions. Radish decisions. I know we both can't fucking talk today. Um, (laughs) And and like, what if, so I'm I'm looking at it, it's like, if you're unemployed, I think a lot of times there's this, as soon as you get offered any job, you're going to take it because you're just like, I need a job, I need a job, I need a job. And that might prohibit you from going out and interviewing for the job that you actually might want or you might actually be really good at. And I think sometimes there's a sense of when you are in a job, it's like, we should just be grateful we have a job. Like, I should be grateful I have a job and I shouldn't be looking outside of this. And I don't think there's anything wrong with consistently perusing the market in terms of looking what looking to see what else is out there, just to stay abreast and knowing what you're worth and what other people are asking of maybe a similar job. Sometimes you can get stuck in that. Um, I can say that, I don't want to play like the millennial card, but I'm going to here for a second that I think one of the positives of my generation is that we don't feel obligated to stay in one career path for our whole lives or in one job for our whole life. And I think that's something that people in older generations did. You know, you started a company at the bottom and you work your way to wherever, but you're there for 45 years. And I don't think that's something that younger people do, whether it's because of a lack of attention span. Or it's because they constantly want to try different things, you know, need more stimulation. I don't know. But I think that 
that's how I would interpret this for a career. I also said if it was a um, career path or a certain type of career, it would be something that has to do with speaking. So maybe like a speech pathologist or a therapist or something like that. Wow, that was very, very concise. I like it. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. I would have to say that if you are a business owner and you don't. um, So these swords can represent tools or they could represent things that can harm you as a business owner. So you have to be very careful in this path that you're you're leading that, um, you know, when you own your own business and you have other employees or people that work for you, it is a much different challenge. So you have to learn to use the swords, whatever can be considered swords around you. You have to use to learn to use them as tools instead of as things that can hurt you. So things that will benefit you. Um, and this is definitely displayed here in this card because like we said, her eyes are bound and her, her arms are tied up. So, um, if you're in business, aligning those thoughts and emotions are really going to pay off for you. You're going to be able to see things coming. Your intuition is going to be firing and that's really what you need. You have to follow your instincts. Um, it's good to get advice from other people, but at the end of the day, you're the one that's responsible. You're paying the bills, your name's on everything. So do it, man. Have a confidence. Absolutely. And I think what's important about asking for advice is what you just said of you're going to be the one living the life, right? So other people aren't going to have to deal with the decision that you make. So they might say like, oh, it could be this, this, and this. And again, I'm just going back from my own personal perspective of, you know, I think a lot of times, like, for example, my parents try to give me advice because they've had experiences, but their experiences were different times, different places, different career paths. And so they're drawing on those experiences, but that might not at all relate to what I'm doing right now in 2019. Yeah. And I'm glad that you said your parents, because when you're talking before about the career reading, something that popped into my, my mind was how the older generations stayed at their jobs longer and then the newer generations don't. And I'm like right on the cusp of that. I was like surfing that. And I've kind of been this person who I've moved around. I, you know, I was in the military. I was in the Marine Corps for four years. And I was in the car business for like eight or nine years. And I've been a DJ for 12 years. And I really feel like I'm like at the top of that. And now I'm getting into this. I'm still DJing, but I'm getting into this media where, you know, I'm doing podcasting. And I started comedy a few years ago. So I really see both sides of it because... I have friends that also have jobs that they've been at for 20 or 30 years and want to continue to stay there. And I also know people that are a little older who are losing their jobs and stuff. So I could see the transformation. And for me, my take on it, one of the angles, because there's many different things I think that are causing it. But one of them is, I think, is the Internet and the information age, because it's so much harder to keep everything the way it was. now with the way with the age of information, you know, you can't really keep the slave so content for 40 years at one little their job doing things when they you know now you could do anything you want at the touch of a button so that can go back to another career reading with this card as if listen you know wake up man you could go do whatever the heck you want you don't have to be stuck in a job doing the same thing for 40 years and i mean unless you really want to do it if that's what makes you happy and you know you're making a family that's fine like we said no judgments here <laughs> absolutely absolutely all right final thoughts here on the eight of swords card 
Um, like I said, just a warning. So if it comes up, remember, just stop, look around, figure out what's going on. Absolutely. Okay, let's move on. So we're going back to the start of the Major Arcana, which is technically the zero card. Um, it's the Fool. I'll give a brief description. We have already talked about it. Um, so, and then we'll just kind of go into kind of how we think it relates to this maybe end slash beginning. Um, okay, so I've got a yellow background here, a sun in the top right-hand corner of the card with rays. In the center of the card, I've got a figure wearing this colorful um, tunic that has, it looks like flowers on it. And in their uh, left hand, they're holding a white flower. In their right hand, they're holding like a, a satchel, like a, a stick that has like a little bag at the end. They have a red feather in their head. And there looks like they're on the edge of like a cliff. They've got this white dog at the bottom right hand corner of the card. In the background, you see these, it looks like mountains, snow capped mountains, um, but they're blue with white caps on them. Okay, so we have now gone through all 22, I guess 23 cards in the Major Arcana. And last week we talked about the world card and how it's kind of a culmination of this journey of having for me, it like looking back on it and listening to the episode, like kind of like enlightenment and like knowledge. Um, and so what I love is that we're going to, we're choosing to go back to this card. How do you think it relates to what we've talked about so far? Well, I think what you just said about the world card is perfect because that represents the mastery. So in any aspect of your life, like I was just talking about DJing, how, I've came to a point, I'm not going to say like I'm the best or whatever, but I do refer to myself as a legend <laughs> in my company, just so <laughs> you guys know. And what I'm doing is I tell everybody, I'm like, I'm just making up for my um, years of having a, a low self-esteem. So now I got to like crank it up the other way. So I'm like, now I'm just a legend. But I've been having a lot of fun with people and, you know, I really feel like I'm at the top of my game with it. And now I'm on. So not that I'm ending that, I'm still doing that, but now I'm looking for another way, something, another path to master. And that's what I'm doing here with this podcast and with the other show I'm doing with morelawsmoreproblems.com. You guys can check that out. It's my blog right now, but I'm working on other stuff. And I have YouTube videos. I just keep plugging everything. But uh, yeah, so I'm on this new journey and I have to learn it all again. I have to figure out how to edit video now. I mean, I was really good at audio for years, but now I got to figure out how to do video with clips and all this stuff. And I got to figure out lighting and green screens. So it's it's a journey, and I really feel like I'm the fool at the beginning because I don't know anything about this. But it's perfect because it's the zero card. So it's, it shows that the zero is the circle. It's that circle of life. It's the unending pattern. It's always repeating. So it's coming back to the beginning and starting all over again and just knowing that it's a natural part of life. So it is very exciting and it's all about your perspective and how you look at it. So I love that we're coming back and especially coming back to this podcast because I feel that we've gotten so much better with it from when we first started. So it just kind of shows our uh, our journey. You know, we've stuck with it. We've done it every week. So yep. it's it's really um, it's really amazing. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree with you anymore, honestly. The, the, for us, I think there's been such a growth and development. I know for me personally, I feel so much more comfortable. I love what you said about like once you feel like you have kind of mastered something, um, kind of going and expanding outside of that. That's what I think that one of the reasons I feel like we connect so well is we're both, I think, lifelong learners. 
And we're both always aspiring to get more information to kind of better ourselves and expand outside of our knowledge base. Um, and that's something that I've always been like. And so I, I, I definitely agree with you that once I feel like I have a knowledge of something, I expand. Te- technical difficulties, everybody. Hey, it happens. It's a free show. What do you want? All right, come on. <laughs> um. I said that, you know, some people, once they get to the top of that, that circle, they just stop, you know? And I think that what's so important is that, like you mentioned, it does keep going around and around. And you, if you keep doing the same thing over and over again, right, and hope to get a different result, that's what's defined as insanity. But if you're trying to do something totally different and trying to get as much knowledge as you can, then you will just keep growing and growing and growing. And you will expand kind of who you are and become this very well-developed um, person, as maybe well-developed energy, you know? Yeah. And um, to add to that, I was talking last week about the Bhagavad Gita and about Krishna talking to Arjuna. And it relates to this perfectly because there's a point where they're talking. So Arjuna, I said last week, he's this person who he's a warrior and he has to help his brother fight. You know, they have to fight against the other side, which is their cousin and like the entire kingdom and everyone they ever know known. But they have to fight them because they're in the wrong and they have to reset everything back. Right. So Arjuna is standing there, though, and he goes, you know, I don't want to do this. I'm just going to sit here. I'm not going to fight. So Krishna is talking to him about in action. And so what he does is he uses Krishna uses the example of his own life, which I love. And he says, listen, if I, he goes, I have everything I need in the world. You know, I, I have it all figured out. I'm Krishna. I'm incarnated. So Krishna basically think of, if you're thinking of like from a Christian perspective, Krishna is kind of like the Christ figure on earth incarnated in a human. And he just came along to help in this matter. So He's talking to him and he's saying, listen, I have everything I need. I'm Krishna, you know, obviously, duh, I'm God is what he's saying. But if I cease my action, everybody else will cease their action because I'm such an example to the world. So I don't I'm not here doing action to try to fix myself or better myself. I'm here trying to show an example to the world. So I feel that if you are at the top of your game, like you said, some people get to the top of their game and then they just want to stop. People see that, you know, and you're influencing other people. So I could and just say as in my life as a DJ, right, um, I, I got to a point a few years ago where I was like, oh, I'm so good at weddings and I, you know, I'm I'm like really doing well. But since then, I've improved just so much. But because I've had an open mind about it, I've listened to other people when I work with other people, I see what they do. And I I see what they do and I use the positive things and then the negative things I I try to say, well, why don't I like that? And then I look at what I do and I filter and then I use it to make myself better. And it's like, it's just been so much fun. Like every weekend I'm having so much fun and a great time and really connecting with people. And it's because, like I said, I put in the, um, you know, I really want to better myself, like back to what you were saying. I think about that constantly. So I think that if more people were conscious of that. And that's what we're trying to do here is wake people up. So if you're just listening to this, if you're new to the podcast, this is perfect. It's very synchronistic because this is the full cards, the first card and the last card in the major arcana. Um, if you're somebody who is coming across these ideas for the first time and you're like, Oh, these sound pretty cool. Or, or if you're someone that's always been like this, 
this could be maybe um, a beacon for you. So I would say go buy a tarot deck, go to comedylol.com to do it. <laughs> I'm plugging after I made all that uh, philosophical. <laughs> go to comedylol.com, click on the Amazon link, and buy yourself a tarot deck and use it for yourself today because that is, I believe, that is the true use and the purpose of the tarot deck is for to help yourself as a guide for yourself first and then to help the world. You can be that beacon of light. You can walk your path and then other people see you doing it just like Frodo Baggins, and they'll be like, oh my God, I want to be like Frodo. Even though I'm this big, strong elf or man, I still want to be like Frodo, and I'm going to follow him. And you could start a cult. Wait, where was I going? No, don't start a cult. But you guys know what I'm talking about. That's what it's all about, man. Um. Okay, so for me, I also just wanted to point out that I think it's very important to look at the picture also on the fool. And when we're saying we want to better ourselves, we also want to make sure that if you look at the picture, the fool looks so positive and he's standing or she's standing on this like precipice, almost like a cliff. And to know that when you are starting off something new, there is a sense of fear and scariness, right? Because you don't have the knowledge base. You don't have the experience. And I think you need to go in with a positive attitude of like, I can do this. And at least it's going to be an experience. I might not excel immediately or at all, but at least I'll get something from it. Yeah, it's it. it that's great. Um, and I love that you said he or she, because that reminded me of what I wanted to say about androgyny, which I figured out. And I'm not sure if it's that obvious or if it's just something that I'm going to tell you. And it, maybe it is a kind of an epiphany thing. But when they're showing the androgyny in the card, what they're really trying to represent is that this figure, this being is just a human. So any human could be put in this role. But what this human is doing is they're using their masculine and their feminine energies together in a positive way to do whatever they're doing. That's why they're androgynous. Did you already know that? Or is that like mind blowing? No, I didn't know that, but I love that because I think right? that sometimes people get so wrapped up in like feminine and masculine and you yeah, need to have the both. Exactly. That's why I love it. Cause any of the cards, especially in the major arcana, when you're looking at the cards, they're all very androgynous, and that's what it's it's showing. It's like that this is every human. This is the base level. We're not down to the male and female yet. We're at the human level, and this human is using their internal masculine, feminine in the right way to create the action that they're creating. And then it's easy to identify. Anyone can identify with any of these because I think that a lot of times people get so wrapped up in, well, if this is a girl, if you're a boy, you're like, if this is a girl, I can't identify with it. And I think that that's what I love so much about these images. It's like they're easily identifiable for everyone. Okay, so um, I don't know if we need to go into if this came up in a general reading or anything like that or really get into it. I feel like we kind of discussed everything I wanted to discuss with the fool. Yeah, my thoughts exactly. Okay, so then what we normally do now in our podcast is that we look at two other interpretations of the same card. So we'll look at the Eight of Swords and the Fool card, but it's in a different deck, so it's a different image. Um, Brandon normally gives the description, then we kind of give our initial thoughts. All right, so today we're talking about, as we do every week, we're talking about the Alistair Crowley Thoth deck. Um, if you are not familiar with this deck, we do talk about it every week and we talk about some of the similarities and the correspondences. And, um, this week we're looking at the eight of swords, which it says interference at the bottom. So to describe this card, it, you see two swords 
pointing down that have similar handles and they're skinnier swords. And then there are six other swords that are intersecting these swords all under them. And they are various different shapes of blades and handles. And the top three are going, it comes from a handle left blade to the right. And then the bottom three, it's the opposite way. And the last, the bottom sword is curved similar to like a smiley face uh, way. Um, and the background is very similar to the background we've been seeing every week, just different colors, but it's very cloudy, very hazy, all kinds of patterns in the background. And uh, there's a two at the bottom, which is, what is that, Libra? I Gemini. Gemini, I just guess every time. And then the top one is, I should know this, because that's the four. What is that one? I'm going to have to look that one up. I oh. should know that, too. <laughs> it's, it's funny, actually, that it's a four, because I just noticed this week. I think I was just driving on the road to a gig, looking at signs, and I'm like, oh, my God, I didn't realize, never realized that the four is just a cross with an extra line in it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I never realized that. It's crazy. It's right there, so... Crazy man. Um, yeah. So, what were you, your initial thoughts when you looked at this card? Um, okay. So, what I did observe uh, is that I love that the two swords that are vertical have very similar handles, and that's something that we haven't seen in any of the other sword cards so far in this deck. Because even the rest of the swords here, the other six, all of the handles are totally different. Um, and the way that they look is totally different, where th- as these two swords are almost like mirror images of each other. And I said that um, with the exception of the swords in terms of like their directions and their shapes and everything like that, if you took those six other swords out and you folded the card in half, it would be like mirror images. Um, you know, again, with the name on the card, Interference, I'm looking at it and I'm just thinking, OK, well, how does this relate to that that kind of topic or that word? Well, you have the swords coming in many different directions, many different shapes, many different angles. And it's kind of, again, the inability to escape outside of this conflict. There is no way around these these things. Yeah. I, and I think the the two swords, we can look at them as maybe representing the left and right sides of the brain, the feminine, the masculine, like we were just talking about constantly. We always talk about... Um, and then the other six swords just being the maybe the actual interference, what's getting in the way of you aligning these two properly. Oh, I love that. I really, really love that. Um, especially because they are kind of the way that they're in between the two, there isn't really a safe path. Yeah. But they are laid on top of them. So I think, you know, it it does show that there is hope, kind of like how in the Rider Waite deck, you see the figure, her foot is, or her, his or her foot is going forward. So there is some hope. So I still, I see that hope there that because these two swords are on top and they are aligned. So, um, so you can also look at this as the base. So maybe there still was, there was still order able to be, uh, taken or gleaned out of the out of the chaos that you see below. 
And what I love that you brought up is since they are laying on top, you're right. Maybe if you do have a balance between the left and right brain, right, the feminine masculine energies, you are able to overcome that interference. Yeah, for sure. What we've been talking about this whole time. Um, I do want to just make sure that I also bring up like the background. So as per usual, there's all these geometric shapes and things like that. Lots of triangles. But for me, looking at the color of it, the shape or the lines themselves are red, which gave me more of like an anxiety type of um, angry kind of feeling. Um, but the rest of the card is like purple and blue, which gave me more of a calmness. And so I think maybe then I'm changing what I think my initial thoughts were of you can overcome those those feelings of anxiety or anger or, you know, wrath, whatever, if you're able to balance out these two swords on the top there, and then you'll have a sense of calm. Because for me, pur purple and blues are more of calming colors. Yeah, I can also look at it as arising out of that darkness in the middle because the, the middle of the card's a little darker. So mm -hmm. it looks like they're coming and rising up. And then you can also see, which I love, um, the bottom sword, the way that it curves up. If you look up, there's it looks like there's kind of like two triangles. So it looks like a kitty with ears and like a little mouth under their sword. <laughs> oh, it does. They hit a kitty in the sword. My kitty's tail just went crazy when I said that. That's funny. <laughs> okay, any other final thoughts here on this card? Uh, I think we're good. All right, cool. Let's move on to the fool. All right, so I'm going to give this a brief description again. I feel like I've done this before. Um, so the fool, it says the fool at the bottom, there's a zero on top. Right centrally located in the card, you see a figure dressed in green. He has golden boots, golden face with horns, and his arms are stretched up and his feet are kicked out. And it looks like he's grasping maybe in his left hand some fire. And then his right hand, it looks like he has a diamond. And there is a tiger biting at his left thigh. Around him, there are, looks like, swirls with a dove. And then a caduceus and a butterfly. And under him, uh, like, under where his crotch is, <laughs> there's three, it looks like three flowers. And under that, there's two figures holding each other and they're on those uh, swirls. That's another thing that's on the swirls. And let's see what else do we see in the background. There's a nice yellow. Uh, it's like a nice yellow background with some geometrical shapes. Looks like it could be making a triangle on one side and then tiny little white patterns. And then to his left, our right of the card in the middle, it looks like it could be like maybe a curtain <laughs> or it's blue some kind of like sheet and it looks like there are, or maybe even a crystal and there are round shapes in there with all kinds of astrological uh, symbols on them. Like it looks like they could be coins or maybe like stones. And I think that's about it. Oh, at the bottom there's a crocodile. I forgot to mention that. And that's about it. Okay. So I'm an idiot and I took the wrong card out of my deck. So as you were just describing it, I'm like, what the fuck is he talking about? <laughs> and I looked, I looked at my card and I took the hermit. <laughs> what, car, what card did you have? I took the hermit. Yeah. 
And I was like, when I looked at it, I was like, oh yeah. Like I was just quickly going through the deck. Like, oh, this is the one that I want or whatever. Anyway. So then I had to pull it up real mm. quick. Cause I was like, maybe you should um, pull okay. that and look at it, uh, after the podcast. Maybe you should reflect on that decision that you made subconsciously. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Brandon, again, I feel so attacked. <laughs> <laughs> no, maybe you're trying to say Brandon needs to see this card. No, I don't know. <laughs> okay, so if I'm looking at this card, um, the now I'm looking at the fool card. I pulled it up on my phone. Um, it reminds me of uh, Da Vinci's Vitruvian Man, kind of with the circle and the way that his arms are out and his legs are out. Um, there's not like a perfect balance here, obviously, but that's initially what I thought. And so then I, if I'm going off of that initial thought, then I'm like, there has to be a balance in of everything, right? Because um, that's where I'm going. So I'm like, is there a balance of the four elements? Yes, I see earth, air, fire, water. Is there a balance of, you said all of those astrological coins? Well, I see a lot of them and it looks like a lot of um, different either planets or star sign symbols. And I'm like, so then there's a balance there. It's not just one, right? Um, you have this balance of, all of these different types of animals and where they live, right? It's not just one type of animal. So um, I'm looking at this and saying, how does this relate to the fool? And so I'm saying that you have this like kind of clean slate. You're not going in one direction or other. It's just a clean slate. And that's how you're capable of moving forward to develop one specific aspect of yourself or one interest. Yeah, that was great. And I like what you said about the Vitruvian man. Um, because it really does, um, I pulled it up right now and it looks like the top, the one pose where his arms would be up and legs are out. Mm-hmm. Lovely. But he's not in, he's in the fool here. He's not contained inside that circle. I love that. They show his feet that they're not on the ground, firmly on the ground. And that goes back to the motif of the fool, because this is somebody who is in motion. Um, you know, if you're starting something new, you got to get it going. You got to get in motion, get out there and do it. Yes. And it's like always, I think, uh, important to, to focus on moving forward, right? Um, using your past experiences, like we were talking about with the uh, eight of swords and the rider weight, like don't move backwards, but move forwards because then you're always going to be growing and developing. And he definitely looks like he's moving forward, not backward. Yeah. What do you think about uh, the tiger? What do you make of that tiger biting his thigh like that? Um, you know, for me, I just identified it more as like an animal of one of the elements. But if I'm going off my idea of a tiger, I think of like bravery and courage um, and kind of strength. And the idea that is biting his leg, I think that it's kind of like maybe then infusing him with those ideas. I don't know. What were your thoughts? No, I like that. Um, it kind of reminds me of the dog and the rider weight. Because sometimes um, it's inter- you can interpret it as the dog's trying to warn him. Because if you look at the rider weight, if you go back to that one, the fool looks like he's really close to the edge. So uh-huh. the dog could be warning him. Because, you know, say the fool's carrying that white flower and he, he became over, he's overcome with the sweetness of the flower. And he's like lost in thought. And the dog's like, yo, yo, man, wake up. Present moment time, like we were talking about earlier. So maybe, yep. this, maybe this tiger is does symbolize, like you said, the courage and the bravery that has to be awoken in the present moment or that you need to use uh, to either wake yourself up or other people around you to the present moment. 
And if we're going to go off of that, then I think it's also important to then look at the the face here because it's like, it's not in pain or scared. It's like, it's almost, it looked to me like excited, like yeah. wide eyed and like ready to go. Yeah. And I, I love how you said wide eyed because it's like, it sees it all. It looks like he's staring into the abyss, but he's not, he's not letting it bother him because he knows that, um, you know, he's in control. He's got those elements like up there, the fire and the, uh, the diamond, which is like the earth. So it's mm-hmm. like the swords and the pentacles he has in his hands up there. I'm sorry, the wands and the pentacles that he has, the wands of the fire. And he's getting it done. He's creating in the world. And that's why he's got green on, because green represents that green, the generative principle that we're talking about. It's the same thing as a lot of people think the G in the center of the Freemasonry symbol. That's what that stands for. Because we're all Masons, we're all creating all people. Like I said before, we're all creating our own reality and everyone else's reality around us. So the way that you treat people in the world is it's like a creation. <laughs> it really mm-hmm. is. So you're creating. Um, I'm trying to find the right word. You're creating your whole general atmosphere around you. You must be very conscious of this because once you start to change it, I could speak from my own personal experience. Your whole life totally changes. So more free advice for me, everybody. (laughs) Um, And the other thing I wanted to bring up is kind of how that circle that he's kind of not contained in, but that's going around the card also goes around his neck. Um, Not in like a noose like way, but it looks like right by it is the heart that would be almost in the same exact location your heart would be right in the center of your chest. And I think that that's such a nice balance between like the four elements, which would be your physical aspects. Right. And then your heart, the heart there in this part of this circle or wind or whatever it is kind of saying to remember to have that balance. Yeah. I love that. And if you look up at the top, you could see there's like a crown, uh, like a jewel, like the representing the count, the crown chakra. And that is, perfect because that's the that's his head so we have the head the heart and then there's a sun right at his other uh the other chakra i think what's that the the um i'm terrible with names google it everybody no don't google it start page it but yeah so i i like how it represents the different centers and balance in him but you see it all there all the elements too Mm-hmm. Oh, you also see a pine cone, too. I just noticed that at the top of the caduceus, there's a pine cone, and that looks like it's about to go through his heart, and the pine cone represents the pineal gland. I just did a short, like, two-minute video about this because you see this all over the Vatican. There's actually a 10-foot-tall statue in, the, like, the main part of the Vatican outside of one of the uh, gardens or circles or whatever. They have the squares. There's this giant pine cone and that represents the pineal gland which is all we're talking about when you align your left and right brain um you can activate your neocortex and you're actually creating in the world positively the way you want to and that's what they're symbolizing it's crazy um i love that who would have thought a pine cone okay um, any final thoughts here on the full card? No, I think we're good. All right. So next week we are going to be talking about the nine of swords. We're almost done with our one through 10 in the swords. And then we'll go on to the court cards. 
Um, and then I think I want to keep it kind of a surprise what we're going to be focusing on. So we've made it through the entire Major Arcana, our journey here. And then I think next week it'll be kind of enlightening to see what we decide to do. Exactly. It's a real nail biter. <laughs> It is. It is. <laughs> See, you guys, um, stay present, and you can make corny callback jokes like that. Yeah. If you can't tell, I love corny callback oh, yeah, jokes. <laughs> yeah. I think anyone who's listening to this, if they don't, they would have shut it off already. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, All right, so, uh, speak. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, so next week, Nine of Swords, and then question mark. Surprise. Yeah, I like it. It's a surprise. Um, yeah, though. So thank you, everybody, for listening to this week's episode of the Terrible Podcast. If you're a new listener, thank you so much for listening. And thank you for listening to the entire episode. We hope you come back next week. And if this is your first episode, go back and listen to the other ones because we've broken down every card of the uh, the suit of cups. We've broken down all the swords up until the eight. We've broken down the entire major arcana right now. We also talk about the Alistair Crowley Thoth deck in each episode. So it's uh, there's a lot of knowledge out there, a lot of wisdom for you. It's all free. If you want to support us, you can go to ComedyLOL.com, click on the Amazon link, do all your Amazon shopping, and we get some of that money. It doesn't cost you any more. Or you can outright donate to us through PayPal. You could just give us money, and then we could buy things and we could talk about how cool they are on the podcast, and you could feel good about yourself. But you don't have to. Don't feel guilty. Um, <laughs> just saying, man, you know, these things aren't free. But anyway, thank you for listening, and tune in next week. Ashley, do you have anything you want to add to the end of this? I don't. (laughs) Yeah. All right. I don't either. Bye. Comedy, LOL, Podcast Network.